Well, it passed. We didn't know much about it then, but we know a little bit more about it now. So on today's episode, here are the frequently asked questions or things you need to know about Proposition 19. This is the Andres Segovia Show. And welcome everyone to the Andres Segovia Show. I am your host, yours truly, Andres Segovia, the Honest Broker. In this episode, as I mentioned, it's going to be uh, some things you need to know about Proposition 19. There's good that's going to come out of it. It's just the question that's not going to be answered in this episode that will only be answered over time is at what cost? So we'll enter into that whenever it is that we get to that point. But until then, I want to go over uh, quickly with you some um, items of note that you should know about Proposition 19 that we know of so far. There are things that we still don't know, uh, and there's other things that you should be aware of if you're a property owner already um, that needs to uh, take care of their estate. Uh, So I'll dive into a little bit of that on this episode. So... Uh, before I get into any of this, uh, those of you that are regular tuner, uh, listeners to the program, if you're watching here on YouTube, this is really going to apply more to you than anybody else. If, if For those of you tuning on the podcatchers or on my website, www.theindustrygover.com, thank you so much. Uh, this, ep- this show is now also available on Rumble. Um, I'm trying to get more episodes up on Rumble. It's been a little bit of a learning curve and because a lot of traffic going that way, uh, it has made some videos invisible because they've been stuck in pending for the longest time that has a lot to do with what has happened with uh, algorithm and what i've talked about in this program before a uh, big tech censorship um your favorite independent content creators might have experienced something uh, to that degree that when a wide net is cast uh some of us are caught in that net and so far we have so the reach of the show on youtube for example has been uh, completely depleted almost based on analytics which is why I encourage a lot of you to like, share, and subscribe. Hit the notification bell. It might not always work, but if it does, great. You'll get notifications when these episodes go up. I ran an experiment, and I'm as of this episode, I'm still running that experiment, and I've been proven more right where not even topics of consequence that should be caught in the crossfires of these algorithms are being caught in the crossfires and therefore victimized, um, affecting my reach, basically. So I really depend, like any other content creator depends on those of you to help spread the word. It's kind of like, well, literally spreading the word. So uh, I really do appreciate those of you that have liked, shared, and subscribed across anything and everything. Uh, Those of you that follow me on social media know a lot more about the the behind-the-scenes stuff that's been going on and for why that's perhaps that's gone on. But I always encourage you to go check out the show that's off the show, that's off the record. I've actually been so busy on that side that uh, I've been producing six to seven episodes a week on that, which is crazy because I never... I, I only did like an episode a week, so now it's like almost daily over there. So it's been really, really busy, uh, but uh, I'm happy to be able to continue delivering real estate news to you by any means necessary. I'm just informing you that I'm across a lot more things than before. So if you're on YouTube, you can go check out the about of this channel and you'll be able to see every single link that I am available on. And I believe Rumble should be there. And if it's it's not, it will be rectified. But Rumble, if you haven't uh, checked it out yet, it's basically like YouTube. It's not as flashy as Dailymotion, for example, or YouTube, which are the biggest ones on the on the block but it's still a great place to be able to um, consume some content just in case this channel for some whatever reason the algorithms decide to also take down there's a place where i might call home anywho 
that's that. Check out my stuff. Uh, let's get on with this uh, Proposition 19. Uh, some of us realtors were given this this quick guide, and I did give it a, a read or two uh, because I had my issues. Uh, it, I, I think it, I should preface all this by saying that I was opposed to Proposition 19 since the almost the very beginning. It was really unknown, and as I learned more, I was definitely against it. And my position on it has not changed because I believe the cost is way too high. That doesn't mean some good can't come out of it. So when can you take advantage of that? is one of the questions we'll be able to answer. So let's talk about Proposition 19. The first one uh, basically is, uh, well, exactly what is it? So, just, so here's a refresher. What does Proposition 19 change the rules on the tax basis portability? Proposition 19 allows a homeowner who is 55 years of age or older, severely disabled, or whose home has been substantially damaged by wildfire or natural disaster to transfer the property value or the taxable value of the primary residence to a, a replacement primary residence anywhere in the state. B, regardless of the value of the replacement uh, primary residence, but with adjustments, if replacement has a greater value. C, within two years of the sale. And D, up to three times or as often as needed for those whose houses were destroyed by fire. The prior rule, this is key, the prior rule limited this exemption to one-time transfer within the same county. That was Proposition 60 or between certain counties, counties, that was Proposition 90, and only if the replacement property was of equal or lesser value. So I'm glad that they, they addressed that because the California Association of Realtors, the Pacific West Real Estate Association chapter that I'm a part of, none of them were addressing it like this. And now they're finally talking about it. So in other words, if you thought that you couldn't transfer your, your tax bill, so to speak, from one property to another, you have been able to do that for decades. That's why we always say, talk to your tax agent. That was already a state law. The caveat was that it has to be of equal or lesser value for your tax bill to transfer. This uh, proposition was was sold as, yeah, you could take your tax bill to the other property, no problem. It's like, well, yeah, you couldn't already do that. Well, they should have labeled or mentioned that, well, uh, you can actually transfer to a property that's of higher value this time. Oh, and another thing is that the, previously you can only change within a county or a participating county. So the neighboring county might have been said, yeah, we don't do the tax bill transfer. So you got to find another county that does it. That's what it was like before. Uh, I don't know how many people took advantage of it, but all I can tell you is that it was there before. But now they're saying that like, oh, look, now you can sell your property. How long have you lived in your property? 30, 40 years. Oh, look, you can, you can carry your tax bill over to another property. Fantastic. Okay, great. Um, yeah, the properties now are worth like 10 to 11 times more than back then, perhaps, depending on where you live. It's like, whoa. So the upward adjustment is still as if you were buying a property. So what? Look, it, it, a lot of misinformation. I tried to dispel it. It was the number one, uh, well, the number one topic, so to speak, during the election cycle that uh, uh, I covered on my show. So, yeah, that was a big deal. So that's me chiming in commentary here. Uh, there's only a few questions here. I'm not going to elaborate on all of them, right? <laughs> I'm just elaborating on that one because now they tell us this. This information was known. I told you about it. And I hope they address the one thing that I'm going to get to at the end of it. If Whether they do or not here, I'm going to address it because I, I'm kind of teased about uh, those of you that have property and a living trust and stuff like that. So I'll get to that. Next question, though. When does the tax basis portability portion of Proposition 19 take effect? April 1st, 2021. 
So it's not taking effect January 1st. So April 1st, 2021. Therefore, the next question, can my client buy, sell now and take advantage of the tax portability benefits before the April 1 date? Like I said, there's stuff that we know and stuff that we don't. So there is no definitive answer in the law. And I'll leave it at that. Okay. Uh, in either way, talk to a tax agent. They, they're going to be on the up and up and know about these kind of things. Either way, it's not for me to say because I only deal with the sell and the buying of the transaction or the trading. But I don't, I can't really tell you what to do about the tax part. I can only tell you what uh, is available publicly for you to find out. But if you really want to know how best to be able to take advantage of this, talk to your tax agent or a tax advisor. They're the ones that are going to know. At least they should, because whatever this is, uh, even I'm going to be asking, okay? So if I'm able to get someone on the show to be interviewed to talk about this, when the time comes, I'll bring them on. Okay, if the replacement property is of equal or lesser value, does the tax basis of the replacement property change? Oh, well, first off, good luck. No, the taxable value of the original property may be transferred and become the taxable value of the new one. Yeah, but still, if you have not moved in 30 to 40 years you are not going to find a property that's of equal or lesser value in California. Yeah, just throwing it out there, folks. That's the reality of things. Next question. If the replacement property is of greater value, how is the new taxable value calculated? I believe yours truly told you about this. Finally, someone's going to elaborate on it. The new taxable value is calculated by adding the difference between the full cash value of the property or the replacement property and the original. Let me, let me say that again because I tripped up on it. The new taxable value is calculated by adding the difference between the full cash value of the replacement property and the original property to the original taxable value. For example, if the seller of a property has a $300,000 taxable value and the full cash value of $1 million and then buys a replacement property for $1.5 million, the taxable value of the replacement property would be 800000 So that's an example. Uh, yeah, like I said, an upward adjustment. But everybody was being disingenuous about that, including, and I'm calling you guys out here, the California Association of Realtors lying to everybody that they believe that this might not have been a thing. Like, oh, no, no, you can just transfer a tax bill over. That's how they were proposing and pushing for Proposition 19. So I stand against my local ch- association. Well, I stood against my local association. I stood against the, the state association because they were not mentioning this. If anything, they brought on a former Howard Jervis t- um, a member or head, whatever that was, to talk about the like how Proposition 19 is great. When Howard Jervis Association themselves were opposed to Proposition 19. I even read their very position on this program, but they made you believe that this was no problem. Well, guess what? There is an upward adjustment, a big one, I might add you, because the property values have gone up. So what was being sold probably wasn't as wonderful as you thought. Next up, can a represent property be purchased prior to the original residence being sold? Yes, this is how the current rule in Proposition 60 works, and Proposition 19 uses nearly identical language. Yeah, the question is, did Proposition 19 undo Proposition 60? How does Proposition 19 affect the rules on intergenerational transfers to children or grandchildren? It limits the exemptions to those properties where the primary residence continues to be used as a family home by the child or grandchild transferee. 
If so, the taxable value will remain the same, subject to some upward adjustments if the property value at the time of transfer is more than $1 million over the original tax basis. This is a big deal because these are two propositions that were struck here. I don't remember them on the top of my head. I mentioned them in previous episodes where one allowed the parents to transfer to their children without being tax reassessed. The other one, in the next proposition over, I think it was 1996, in, in uh, I think it's Proposition 128, 198, something like that, um, included grandchildren to the transfer because they're not selling the property, they're passing it on. Those are gone, folks. And they're already telling you there. If the value is more than that, it's going to be um, taxable in that sense. Uh, but technically, those benefits are gone. They're just not there anymore. This is the only way that you can still do some sort of transfer. So if the property is more than a million dollars over the original tax basis, what is the new taxable basis? The new taxable basis will be the assessed value of the property at the time transfer minus $1 million. When do these new rules apply in intergenerational transfers? February 16. Why before Proposition 19 takes effect? But see, they're already punishing this beforehand because the state wants the money because with Proposition 19, they created a whole new bureaucracy. Okay, where may a claim to transfer a tax basis be made? Claims may be made with forms uh, provided by the local county assessor's office. So all this information I read to you comes from the California Association of Realtors uh, provided to us to be able to inform you, the public, and peppering my own commentary in between. uh, Because, yeah. So what I can tell you is that uh, people are trying to take action before January 1st because it was believed that uh, January 1st would be when Proposition 19 takes effect. So I reached out to... Uh, the attorney that I deal with, I'm not going to name drop in here. They don't sponsor the program, but uh, living trust attorneys that I'm dealing with. And we've been in the process of trying to even get an appointment to get things uh, figured out to update our living trust with my parents' living trust to uh, to the new year and to be conforming to Proposition 19 and the possible new administration uh, changes they're, they're intending to make that could affect uh, those of us that have property. So with all that being said, uh, I got to tell you, their phones... Their, their voicemails are, are backed up. There's no more. Um, sometimes they don't even answer the phone because they have so many calls coming in. Appointments are backed up. Just an influx of so many requests that have been coming in just to this one office. I can't imagine what others are going through because people that have been on the up and up are now afraid of, are they going to lose their, the whole point of making a living trust in the first place? Questions they need answering and I cannot answer even if I had them. So the more I find out, I'll be able to share with what I can, but uh, if I'm able to get uh, a living trust attorney to be able to explain this better, once the dust has settled, I'll bring them on the program so they can deliver the straight scoop to you and what options are available to you. But anyway, in the meanwhile, go check out uh, a living trust attorney uh, near you or someone that you might know as a good reference to reach out to them to find out what you can do in the meanwhile, because we're all learning as this goes. People just blindly voted for something and just said, yeah, all right, that sounds great. That's why we have to dive deep, folks. Go beyond the headline. Read beyond the headline. That's why I do off the record where I don't deal with the headline. I talk about the substance of things. And sometimes I talk about a lot. <laughs> so it can go on for like 45 minutes. But some episodes are on average like 15 minutes. So it's not that long. Okay. But I recommend you check it out at com. And for anything related to real estate, you can check out my stuff at www.segoviares.com. And I, my card should be flashing here because I have to do that because uh, I talked about these different things. But for those of you listening on the podcast, I got to tell you my number. So my license number, my broker license number is 01909449. And 
I had to mention that because otherwise I might get doxxed by the Department of Real Estate. Anyway, but that's that. Thank you so much for listening and watching wherever you might be. This episode of the program, if you want to know how you can digest my program, by all means, go to my website, as I mentioned, my main one, where I have a list of anything and everything you can find me. Follow me on the social so you can stay up to date as to what I'm doing on a day-to-day and what changes might be coming to the show. And uh, I do intend to do at least one or two tech videos, maybe before the year is done, if I get the opportunity to. But anyway, that's it for this episode of the program. Thank you so much for watching. And as always, I'll see you on the next one.